I was the first pick on Team GSP. And, um, you know, after that, it just became history. And I got into the UFC. And uh, now we're at today. You know, I've been as high as number five in the lightweight division. And uh, now I'm down at the featherweight uh, division. And I'm competing and I'm doing my thing with that. Welcome back to the Man of War. My name is Rafa Conde, and of course, I am a man on a mission here to transform you into a modern-day warrior. Now, check this out. We are about 40 days away from the Man of War Crucible. Five spots left. You heard me right. That's five spots left right now. We are still taking applications. We are in our final phase of interviews. This is going to be a life-changing experience. This is about pushing you, taking you up to an elite level, to a much higher level, a level where warriors operate. Now listen, we're going to challenge you. We're going to push you beyond your self-imposed limits. Check this out. We're going to have dynamic team building exercises. You're going to learn all aspects of self-defense, including firearms, edge weapons, hand-to-hand combat. Your challenge drills are going to include monster obstacle courses, kayaking, rucking, major zip lining. We're talking about this obstacle. The zip lining course is fucking unbelievable. All right, you're going to be out in the middle of nowhere in a beautiful cabin, and you're going to be together with your team, locked, sealed, and delivered. You're going to wake up early. You're going to work. You're going to study. You're going to be part of something that has never been done before. Yeah, there's a bunch of different camps. There's a bunch of different, um, I guess, programs out there, but this is focusing on warrior development. We are taking an entirely different approach to this. All right. Our cadre of instructors includes, all right, we got SWAT commanders, we have police trainers, Navy SEALs, fucking fitness gurus. We got elite entrepreneurs on board. Now, listen, This is something I'll tell you right off the bat, all right, that typically you're going to go out there and pay $15,000 to $20,000 for this type of event and this type of knowledge brought to you, all right? We are doing this for a fraction of that cost. Why? Because this is group one. This is our initiation. This is the first time we've done this here in the United States. So what I want you to do here is this. Go to Wardev Academy. That's W-A-R-D-E-V academy.com forward slash crucible and put in your application. Yes, you're going to have to pass two different types of interviews. And I will tell you this, that at this point, we have interviewed more than 100 men and we've only chosen 14, possibly a 15th this week. And keep in mind, if you do graduate from this event and you pass the five days and four nights, you will be initiated in a beautiful ceremony into the men of war society. This is a very elite society with only graduates from this event. And you will be given a token um, that you will be able to keep with you forever and show that you are a part of this man of war society. All right, guys, listen, if you have not done so already, go to iTunes, please leave us a review on iTunes. So important to continue trending on these charts. We've crossed the top 50 multiple times, and I want to be able to make it a habit to stay there, all right? And this is a very unique 
uh, podcast. So it's not like we're broad and, and uh, we're just bringing on any type of guests. That is not what we're about. We are very, very focused on what we do, and it's a niche. And uh, for us to be doing as well as we are doing, boy, I got to tell you, it's been all because of you, because of your support. And I am recording this podcast from our beautiful studio here in Boca Raton, Florida. Um, and it's just about finished, man. We are absolutely stoked. Uh, the Man of War right now is not just a podcast. It's a total brand. Um, and we're going to be doing some great things coming up, uh, including a YouTube channel. Uh, that we've had in the pipeline here for almost a year. Uh, we're going to be bringing you things across all social media networks like you've never seen before. All right, as always, whip out a pen and paper, take some notes. You're going to have some great takeaways from this episode. While it may be a little bit on the short side, it is very, very powerful. And without further ado, let's jump right into it. Michael Johnson, welcome to the Man of War podcast. My brother, it's an honor to have you on. Yeah, great, man. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. Awesome, man. Hey, listen, so I want you to introduce yourself for our audience, you know, who you are, where you've been, and, and more importantly, I mean, the fact that you're out there competing and uh, employing this mindset day in and day out in your training atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, you have uh, Michael Lemonis Johnson. Been um, competing in the UFC for going on, you know, um, nine to ten years. Now, you know, I started off in the Ultimate Fighter. Um, you know, it aired back in like 2010 yep. this season. And, um, you know, so er ever since that, man, you know, I've been competing at the highest level. I've, I've hit some slumps and I've worked my way back up and down. And, um, you know, I'm still I'm still competing at the at the highest level. And, um, you know, I'm just going through life and enjoying the process. That's wonderful, man. That's awesome. So first off, you know, how did you get into uh, the, the the initial Ultimate Fighter? Yeah, um, well, you know, I um, started off, you know, like a three-sport athlete in high school. You know, I moved on to college to play college football. I got into, you know, a little trouble, you know, being young and dumb. You know, so um, initially had to move back to St. Louis, Missouri, so went to a junior college, wrestled, you know, my sophomore year in college, left again to play football. Didn't really work out. So then, um, you know, I just decided to, hey, start fighting, you know, and it was always something that I had my eye on while in high school. You know, I just never had the opportunity to go and actually compete and train. So, you know, once I had the opportunity, I just uh, dove on it, you know, started off at Springfield Fight Club. Back in Springfield, Missouri, which is um, you know, as a little small town where Missouri State is, and then um, man, I went through probably like four years, three years of actually competing on the local circuit. I was even four and four at one point. You know, I'm like looking up, like, like in the middle of a fight, actually, like, man, I'm either gonna like tap out and, and not compete anymore, or I'm gonna get out of this position and I'm not gonna lose, and I'm just gonna work my way into the UFC. And, um, you know, that's what happened. And, um, you know, I tried out for the Ultimate Fighter literally three times. I was turned down Damn. twice. Yeah, yeah, I was turned down twice. I made it all the way to the finals my first time. They didn't put me on whether. Then the second time, uh, I made it the same thing. They didn't call me back. And then the third time, 
you know, I finally went in the office, talked to the producers. It was like, listen, man, I'm getting tired of chasing you guys across the country, everywhere. You know, it's getting expensive. You know, I, I, I don't make that good of money right now. And, um, you know, they let me on and I got second on the Ultimate Fighter. You know, um, I was the first pick on Team GSP. And, um, you know, after that, it just became history, man. I got into the UFC and uh, now we're at today. You know, I've been as high as number five in the lightweight division. And uh, now I'm down at the featherweight com- uh, division, and I'm competing, and I'm doing my thing with that. So awesome, awesome! All right, so so tell me a little bit about your daily process, getting ready for these fights. For example, um, you have a fight coming up. Uh, when is that? Um, I it's nothing set, but I'm looking at March 30th. It's looking like I'm going to be fighting a guy named Josh Emmett. So as long as I get my contracts, you know, I think he's number nine right now in the featherweight. So it's a little bit of a short notice fight, but um, hey, I, I stay ready for these situations, you know. Awesome. So, I mean, how do you start getting ready? For example, you get a date for a fight coming up. Mentally, you say, okay, well, this guy is, you know, whatever number, nine, ten. What, and I'm, you know, he is an elite fighter just like yourself. How are you getting ready for this guy mentally? Absolutely. Um as soon as a date gets set or an opponent's name comes out, um, you know, my mindset completely changes. You know, it's like no more BS at this time. You know, um, you know, no more kind of missing one training session or hanging out or eating shitty meals or anything like that. Like, no, like everything changes. And um, it's just a straight focus for six, eight weeks or, you know, two weeks or, or however long I need to to get that fight so i'm making sure i'm up in the mornings you know 7 30 8 o'clock um getting my mental game going i'm you know listening to alan watts like per se or you know or these motivational speakers just something you know to to get me awake and get me going in the morning you know um and get me ready for the gym now you mentioned alan watts <laughs> that's awesome because I follow it away. That's old school, no doubt. Yeah, real, yeah, I mean, real old school. <laughs> so, so you get into that Zen mentality, that tranquility of mind. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, a, a lot of guys think that fighting is, you know, since it looks so aggressive and barbaric to you know the outside people looking in. To me, that's like I'm peaceful in there, and, and you know I need my mind to be peaceful. I don't need my mind being angry or aggressive at all. You know, this is a thinking man sport. You know, so you have to go in there with the mindset like, I need to be relaxed. You know, I just need to go in here and do my thing, and um, the good things are gonna happen because I know for a fact that I'm doing all the right things leading up into the fight, and then the fight's the fun part. How do you get negativity right? Out of out of your life, out of your mind, when you're honing in, you know, into your opponent, say, you know, four or five weeks before the fight. I pay no attention to it at all, you know. And um, one thing I have around me is I have a great supporting cast around me that's, um, you know, always going to be on my side. One big thing that I've learned in my last two fights is. I've cut off all social media once my fights get set and I'm ready and prepared to train it because without these fights, social media is distracting enough. You know what I mean? It's a huge distraction in people's lives. And um, all it is for people in my position is 
other guys that can't do what I do that have to talk about me not doing my job correctly, you know, and, um, you know, that's something that I don't need. You know, I don't need to wake up every morning or see every day that these guys saying, hey, you're going to lose to this guy. You can't wrestle or you can't strike or you can't do this and do that. And um, it's just going to it might make you mad, but it's still going to sit inside of your mind. I don't care who you are. I don't care how strong your mentality is. If you're seeing negativity, it's just going to stay with you. And you're going to think about it when times are getting hard and tough at practice. And, um, you know, that's just one thing that I don't need. Tell me something. Uh, why not boxing initially when you started coming up in the fighting sports? Um, yeah, that's a good question because um, I guess MMA really intrigued me. Um, I wrestled in high school and, um, you know, I did that year wrestling in college. And, you know, the, the grappling aspect and the actual fight, like boxing is a great sport. You know, it's an art, you know, but um, like MMA, it's just like, like, wow, like I get to fight. You know, like growing up, I was like kind of that knucklehead, you know, in school. I was always getting into fights. Luckily, no real trouble ever came from it but at the same time I, I could see where it would lead me to and it would lead me down the wrong path you know so I started seeing MMA and it got introduced to the scene and started growing and I just you know said hey I can fight and not get in trouble and I can you know make money and make a living and you know kind of get a praise for it so I'm going to turn that negativity or that bad fighting mentality into something good and positive and I'm going to, you know, change my life and be able to help my mother and help my, you know, my family and myself and, uh, and see the world, you know, so it's great. But nowadays, you know, boxing is not off the table. You know, I can still transfer over to boxing as well, which is a plan. We've all seen the news. Mass shootings and terror attacks can happen anywhere and at any time. London, Paris, New York, Vegas, and after each tragedy, the politicians blame the very people who need protection the most, you and me. So we've teamed up with our friends over at the United States Concealed Carry Association to give you a free copy of their complete mass shooting survival guide. The USCCA provides self-defense education, training, and legal protection to responsibly armed Americans like you and me. And now they want to give you a free copy of their new mass shooting survival guide. Just text the word SURVIVAL to 87222 and get yours free right now. You're going to learn what we really know about mass shootings, how to survive an attack, proven strategies for stopping a shooter, and a whole lot more. Now listen to me. It's going to be packed with life-saving information that the anti-gun lobby doesn't want you to have. Plus, it comes with a bonus audiobook so you can listen whenever you want. You can claim yours right now. It's 100% free and for a very limited time. You're also going to get a bonus security checklist for your office, church, or school. Just text the word SURVIVAL to 87222. That's SURVIVAL 87222. Yeah, I mean, what I find interesting is that um, fighting itself, um, especially in the MMA, has has kind of had it, its ebbs and flows. Initially, you know, way back when the Gracies brought in the ground game, um, <clears throat> it was, you know, it was very powerful. Um, it took people by surprise. Uh, and then you started seeing the MMA start <clears throat> evolving and guys just started focusing on the ground game a little bit too much and they were getting knocked knocked out. 
So people started focusing on one end of the spectrum, and all of a sudden you started seeing leaving the other side until maybe a decade ago when the UFC started really getting balanced where the fighters were both, you know, really good on the ground and really good, you know, striking. Um, you, you know, you saw a, a big difference in, in the way that these guys were out there, like you guys were fighting. You were very well-balanced warriors in the ring. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, um, and you know, and the game is still evolving at this point. You know, um, I think it's not a ground game fight anymore. You know, it, it used to be, but now you have young fighters coming in and everybody's, you know, doing flying spinnings and kicks and they're they're almost getting away from, you know, what wins fights, and, and that's just basic, simple things and hard work and and going in there and just outthinking your opponent or being a little tougher than your opponent or a little faster. You know, it's um, I think it's the little things in the game that changes it now. And that, um, that's a great point. That's a great point. You know, because what I saw was, you know, the guys that just were really, really good at ground, a lot of the BJJ guys, um, then all of a sudden they started getting their, their their head rocked with good strikers out there. And you started seeing that, you know, evolve because now these strikers also had some ground skills. You know, BJJ, the ground, you know, the ground tactics and the techniques weren't catching these guys off guard anymore. And then all of a sudden you started seeing these BJJ guys also start developing their striking skills. So it's awesome. And now you're saying that it's kind of going a little bit away now from the that ground game and going back to hardcore striking and all sorts of flurry strikes. Absolutely. Because, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're in an entertainment business. And that's what people want to see. You know, they want to see strikers they want to see people get knocked out you know they don't want to see two guys wrestling and grappling and you know getting each other on the ground which to us the fighters you know we appreciate that you know but to people on the outside looking in that might not understand the sport that just come just to see a, a, a crazy fight you know they won't really appreciate that as much but um yeah you know and and on the other end Jiu-jitsu guys, you know, if you're going to your back, you're automatically losing, in a sense, if you're not doing anything. So that's why you can see the sport revolving and these BJJ guys striking with strikers and taking wrestlers down and then implementing their game. Yeah, great point, great point. All right, so let's dive deep into your mindset now, all right? And talk to me about one of the worst struggles that you've ever had in your life and how you overcame it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it was I, I've been through a few. You know, I, I lost my dad at a at, at a young age, you know, real young age. You know, probably when I was about like eight or nine. And um, you know, I was one of the kids where me and my brother both, you know, we were intelligent all the way up through school. You know, always on the honor roll, no in no trouble. You know, at all. You know, we're good students. And our dad passed away, and then it kind of like triggered a little bit of something into us and um you know we started kind of lashing out as young children would do i guess and getting into you know fights and everything like that and i noticed at a young age the toll that that was taken on my mother you know her still being a single mother raising three children you know me my brother and my sister and me being the youngest 
I didn't want to see, you know, my mother, you know, going through all these hardships and just being upset with her boys getting in trouble so much, you know. So I made it a point to really turn everything around. And I actually, it was probably about, you know, seventh or eighth grade where I really just started saying, okay, I need to get back and focus in school. I need to get into sports and really change my life around and, um, you know, give my mother something to be proud of, you know, from her child instead of me getting in trouble. You know, so, you know, that was probably one of the first ones I ever went through. And, um, you know, I think I've, I think I've handled it pretty well so far. Very good. Talk to me about the toughest opponent that you've ever faced. Yeah, the tough opponents, man. I mean, Justin Gaethje, Khabib, Nora Madoff, you know, um, I was going to say, um, I think Khabib takes the cake on that one as, as far as, Guys that you know are really good and you're in there and they put you in a position that you just can't get out of. And, you know, and he got on the top position in that fight. And um, he definitely, you know, put me in a damaging position. But you know what? I um, I tell him this to the day and every time I see him, hey, I appreciate what you did to me in that fight. You know what I mean? That made me go back to my gym. That made me go back to the drawing board and pretty much start over from day one and say, hey, maybe I don't know as much as I thought I knew on the ground. or Maybe I'm doing something wrong. So it really humbled me in that experience. And um, it taught me to keep my ass moving no matter what. Like if I'm in a bad position on the bottom, I need to keep moving because I'm having flashbacks of me getting stuck under him, you know, you know, getting punched in the head. And, you know, that's not winning me fights. That's not, you know, helping me out at all. So I'm um, so when you um, say you lose against you know one of these guys, do you still somehow do you connect after the fight? Do you talk? Do you develop friendships? Or have you in the past? Um, yeah, you know it's kind of um, a friendship based off of respect, and um, you know once you you can not like the person at all going into the fight, you know, but once you've been in there for fifteen minutes or 10 minutes, or 25 minutes, however long, fighting toe-to-toe with another guy, you slowly gain respect for him, and you build respect. So, you know, after the fight, um, it's very cordial. You know, I'm a respectful guy. Fighting is a respectful game, I think. And um, there's no more trouble between us. We just fought, you know what I mean? Like, I, me personally, I will not have any hatred towards you, you know, like, we just fought. Like, if I had something to do, if I had a problem with you and I didn't do it, that's my fault. You know, I just had 15 minutes or 25 minutes to, you know, um, get anything settled that I had against you. So after that fight, you know, um, yeah, you could say friends, you could say cordial, respectful. But, um, you know, that's the thing. And, you know, some guys do build relationships to where they go train with the other guy that, that beat them or put them in bad positions. So, um, you know, it can definitely vary. How did you develop the courage, right? The courage to, to step in a, in, a, in, a, in a cage or against someone else head to head. I mean, take me back to maybe that, that first time that you stepped into an MMA cage. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it felt, I felt at home. I mean, honestly, there were, there were no nerves. I think me kind of fighting in the street a lot growing up was kind of like a 
a help almost because going into this fight, I'm saying, hey, man, I fight all like, like this all the time. Like, like, this is no problem. Like, it's just rules and we have a ref. So, to me, this is safer than fighting in the street, you know. Right, right. I, 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 you know, absolutely. So, going into it, man, it, it was great. You know, I, I had all my family, all my friends. So, it was, you know, just like another night being, being <laughs> you know, um, yeah, I was very excited to get in there and, and do what I did. And, um, and, you know, I could tell from that fight on that, hey, this is exactly what um, I'm wanting to do, and I, and I can be great at this. How important, I mean, I'm going to ask you this question, and it's not just as far as coaches, but people that, you know, around life, for example, how important do you feel the people that you surround yourself with in life and coaching are to you? I think um, they're extremely important. You know, um, as far as, you know, people being there whenever you kind of need them, even if, even if it's simple, just like somebody like to, to talk to you. You know what I mean? Somebody say, hey, man, I just need to have a conversation. I'm being, I'm going through a really hard training camp right now. Um, you know, it, it's getting to me. It's getting a little too much. And, um, you know, friends and support teams are great. Um, you know, even my, outside of the friends I have here in Florida, you know, I have some of my best friends back in Missouri that if I called them and told them, hey, guys, I'm in the middle of training camp. Like, I need one of you guys here for a few days. You know, um, you know they'll fly down and, and help me because they know how important it is for me to be in a clear mindset going into these fights. And um, the training partners down here and the team we have at Hard Knock Street. 65 with um you know h kickboxing is um incredible you know they're just like all my brothers here so i have you know 20 other brothers that i could count on and i can rely on mm -hmm. to push me or talk to me whenever times get hard and um you know that's that's important you know like i don't think there's anything i mean there's things i can do by myself and there's things people can do by themselves but everyone still needs at least one or two more people to to kind of lean on it when, when times get tough you know talk to me a little bit about your age okay some people think that you know you're kind of reaching your that that you know final part i guess to the, the final extent in your mma career how do you feel about that yeah um i feel great man i'm 32 you know i uh i feel like i'm 24 23 at days um uh, keep my body well maintained I keep my diet very well. Um, I train well. I take care of myself. Um, I don't put anything in my body that's going to, like, deplenish it or, um, you know, put me in situations where I can't perform. But at the same time, you know, um, me, myself, personally, I'm not going to be one of these guys in the MMA cage at, at, at you know, 37, 38. You know, I don't want to do that. Um, that's my body, you know. I don't, I don't take much damage in fights, so I think my career could go a lot longer. But I want to be, you know, cutting it down in the next few years, maybe switching over to boxing for a year or so, and then, um, and then passing my knowledge on to other guys, you know, getting into other businesses, things like sure. that. Sure, sure. Um, so you have other things that you're looking forward to, say, over the next, you know, ten years or so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and That's you know, cool. um. Yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, some business things, setting up a few smaller MMA gyms, you know, in, um, in these countries that, you know, I go to visit and they have a small MMA community or a small gym and I can go in and help them. You know, one thing that 
I've learned about myself and um, as when I love to travel and I do go in these little MMA gyms and I do my MMA seminars or gyms, you know, I sure. really think and I can see that, hey, I can come down here and pass my light and give my knowledge to these these other young fighters that are coming up and I can help them. And, um, you know, it, it helps for both of us, you know, it helps for their gym, helps for me, myself. And, um, you know, and it's just there's no better feeling that you get from helping someone. And, um, you know, I've said that throughout my whole life. I think I have a, a huge heart and I just, um, you know, I don't get any more joy than helping people. You know, so. And let's talk a little bit about discipline. All right. And because you have to obviously integrate that into your life, specifically when you're going through your, you know, your training program, approaching a fight. Has that been something that you've always had in your life or was it something that you had to learn here in the fight game? Uh, a little bit of both. You know, um, you know, being a, a wrestler in high school, you know, um, I think I think wrestling is the sport that teaches you discipline like the fastest and in the, you know, right away. You got to be disciplined with your diet. You know, you have to make a weight and you have to do that. You know, that's your responsibility. So um, you have to be disciplined in that. You have to be disciplined in your training regimen and, um, you know, what you're doing to your body. So I wasn't always the most disciplined guy. You know, I, there wasn't times where I missed weight. I think I, my first time missing weight ever was my last fight. And it was on like two weeks notice. And, um, you know, I just failed and made a mistake right there. But it's... um. That's pretty important, you know, to be able to tell your friends like, hey, I have a fight in five, six weeks. You know, I can't stay out and come see you guys or go have a drink. You know, I have to be up at 730 in the morning because I have practice. And not only do I have practice for myself, but mm -hmm. there's guys there's guys at the gym that might have fights coming up that are relying on me to be in there and helping them. So, um, you know, it, it's just uh, everything all together. Is what a discipline relies on. And, you know, you look back, you know, coming up as, as a young man, and um, what kind of childhood did you have? I mean, to lead you where you are now. I know that you told me you, you fought in school. Do you come from, from a broken home as far as, you know, parents split up? Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, no broken home is that. You know, my, um, my mom and dad, um, you know, loved each other. And when my dad passed away, my mother never remarried. You know, um, I t t damn, don't even think she went on a date, really. And, you know, that was years ago. And um, I think it was a thing where she was more focused on raising her, you know, three kids and not worried about getting into a relationship. You know, it was very selfless. You know, she put us first and, you know, she didn't put herself first, you know. And I think that's where I learn a lot of my persistence in my hard work and you know my consistency with my, my grind you know my motivation you know as my mother you know I saw her going through that and I saw how much she worked to provide for us with no help you know I mean she did it all on herself and um you know that's one thing that keeps me going is um that thing so I think that's you know where I learned that growing up is you know my childhood um me and my brother we had our situations. He was older, you know, um, so he kicked my ass a lot. You know, <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely going to appreciate that as well, you know, because he was huge. You know, I'm talking, you know, over six foot, you know, pushing 300 pounds. And we wow. were getting uh, 
full-blown fist fights. So now I look at it nowadays, I'm like, listen, I'm like, my brother couldn't knock me out with one of his punches. You know, I'm thinking I'm going to let somebody my size hit me and knock me out, you know. So I carry that on into my fighting from my childhood, you know. Um, even though it was kind of rough, it, it taught me to, you know, um, more than likely stand up for myself. It taught me to fight back. It taught me to, if I'm in a bad position and I'm getting hurt, not to just curl up like no. Like you got to fight back and get yourself out of that situation, you know. Um, so it was one of those things, and you know, it was definitely a wild childhood. But um, I found my niche. I found, you know, what I what I like to do. So your tenacity and your perseverance, you feel that you owe that, you know, to you know your growing up and and your your mother being a staple in your life and and showing you by example. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, and your little yeah. victories, I would imagine here, Michael, that your little victories in, in, in the cage, you know, you, every single victory, you know, you put her on the spotlight in your mind, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're right about that 100%. And, um, you know, it was one of those things where when I first started fighting, of course, you know, she's a mother. She doesn't like seeing that, you know? So she's So she's sitting in the crowd, you know, with her, with her hands covered over her eyes, you know, peeking through her fingers, in the local shows and, you know, and she would still come to me and be like, Michael, are you sure this is something like you want to do? Like, like, are you sure? My mom, like, relax. Like, I know it hates, but I feel something big coming from this. Like, just give us some time. Just give me a little bit of time. Let me work on it. And, um, you know, her being a mother, she didn't like that because she didn't like seeing her son getting hurt. But at the same time, she respected that um, it was something that kept me focused. It was something that kept me out of the streets and kept me out of trouble. Sure. And, um, and you know, now she's the loudest person in the in the stadium. You know what I mean? That, uh, you know, I'm eyes wide open and she wants to see everything. And, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, yeah, I love it. You know, she's starting to awesome. she's even starting to tell me things to do. It's like, oh, now you know fighting and now you're familiar with it, you know? So um, it's one of those things where it's just working out. And um, it brings my family together. I think it's kept all my friends meeting up in one place together. You know, I've had the same friends since I was 12 years old. You know, we're all like 30, 32. And, um, you know, we all travel around the world and um, to see me fight and to support each other. And so, um, you know, I'm very, you know, appreciative about that. That's awesome. That's some good stuff right there. I'm going to switch gears real quick here. Talk to me about society nowadays. I mean, how do you see the younger generation coming up, especially into the fight game? Yeah, yeah. So um, I, I just think that in this new society, you know, in these young fighters, they're very talented. Don't get me wrong. But in my days, we wanted to fight the toughest guy. You know, that was like our thing. Nowadays, I just think that these guys are looking for the easiest fights to get into the UFC. They don't want to fight the tough guys that they could potentially take a loss from. And um, I get it because it's not easy to get into the UFC when you got, you know, losses and everything. And, um, you know, you got to deal with it. But at the same time, in my eyes, you got to go get the toughest guy to, you know, take his position. Yeah, I mean, no, I agree. I think that uh, some of the younger guys want to go in and, and kind of, you know, play a, a slow role coming up instead of, you know, going back like the old days where uh, you guys would step in and seek the toughest opponent possible. 
and uh, go after him. I think that's uh, a little bit of a different mentality, no doubt about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I and I get it. And I get it. You know, like these guys, you know, want to make sure that they get to where they're going, so they pick the easiest route. But um, I'm just like, sorry, like, I, I'm not like that, you know. And, and if you look at my career, then you can see that that's the you know the the motto that I go by is hey I want the toughest guy like you're ahead of me I want your position because I want that title next and I can't get that title fighting guys that I know I can beat so yeah makes sense man I'm with you there that's a great mentality in my book that's uh, a definitely a warrior minded a man right there talking Hey, listen, Michael, man, it's been an honor to have you on. Can you do me a favor? Can you um, let our uh, listening base here how they can follow you on social media? Absolutely. Um, you know, my um, Instagram is Menace155, even though I might need to change it because I fight at Featherweight now. But um, <laughs> it's all good. My, you know, and uh, my Twitter is at Follow the Menace. And, you know, I got a Facebook fan page, just Michael the Menace Johnson. Um, down here in South Florida, training at Hard Knocks 365. So if anybody's ever in the area, guys, please come on in and join us and, you know, get a free um, free session and um, see if you guys like the gym. You know, we're doing uh, great things in South Florida and we're um, building. And, um, you know, we're um, about to make some serious waves once again. Awesome. Great stuff right there. So what I'm going to do for our listeners, I'm going to put on, in the show notes, I'll link uh, um, all of uh, Michael's social media so you guys uh, could follow him. He's a great follow. And listen, Michael, we're going to wish you the best in your next fight. We're going to be there right there with you, brother. Ah, perfect. Thank you. I appreciate all that. All right, man. We'll look forward to having you on back on the show here soon, brother. Uh, yes, yes. Me too. Look forward to it. Hey, thank you for having me on. Boom, there you have it. What a great conversation with Michael Johnson. I like to root for this guy, man. He is humble, he's a class act, and he's out there fighting with his heart, no doubt about it. And not only that, he's just not a fighter, he's a human being, someone that cares, someone that we believe is a true warrior. All right, guys, The Crucible, Central Florida, undisclosed location, April 10th through the 14th. Go sign up, get your application in. It's wardevacademy.com forward slash crucible. That's W-A-R-D-E-V academy.com forward slash crucible. Also, if you want to get some of our new apparel going on out there, we got raglans, we have t-shirts, hats, all that good stuff representing the Man of War brand and uh, something that I believe very strongly on. We're going to be implementing this more and more into our brand is apparel uh, go to manofwarswag.com. That's manofwarswag.com. All right, guys, until next time, your life may be challenging and full of dangers, but never retreat. Your last battle may be your greatest victory.